This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner podcast with me, the dolly dropper, James Hurl, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. different location again as we find ourselves in a brand well pretty brand new uh, pavilion and we are joined by some of the lads uh, from Shelton Cricket Club. Hi guys. Hi. Hello. Right. So um, if you want to just introduce yourself we'll start and we'll go. Age before beauty <laughs> is the key. Uh, so I'm Jim Calder, been at Shelton Cricket Club 44 years I think pretty much. Um, currently run the bar and the licensee still Try and play a little bit. Um, yeah, that's me. Uh, Sam Griffiths, uh, opening ball as you as you might know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, been back at the club for two years now. After leaving to just go go try try something else. So it's uh, nice to be back now. And finally, Harry Jones. Try and bat as best as I can for Shelton Cricket Club. Um, been here since June and kind of grown up here with the lads. Yeah, so, uh, great, go on, thank you very much for having us down, well, having me down, no, no Andy, uh, wasn't responding to messages, <laughs> Andy's still banned, <laughs> Joss is signing himself in Spain, and uh, well, Jamie again, I don't know where Jamie <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd prefer to be Josh than anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, wonderful pavilion, and um, something that's, well, not quite new now but it's kind of the envy of most clubs Jim yeah it's a fantastic facility we're just going into the fourth season this year so yeah it's been brilliant it's a um, fantastic place we've been really lucky to have it the support we've been given from the local community um, Shropshire Homes and companies like uh, Jules has been fantastic and it's enabled us to uh, really move on from the old metal hut that uh, <laughs> we used to have many years ago, so yeah, brilliant facility, yes, really lucky to have it. So Harry is one of the, well, you're all juniors, aren't we, uh, at Shelter, well, not me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as like one, someone who's been a junior and stuck with the club through, throughout really, kind of how much, how much is, how much difference has the uh, pavilion made to Shelter as a club? I think it means a lot, to be fair, as, um, as juniors growing up, we always had a tight group here that stuck together, um, and after the games, we'd always try and stick together, whether it be two local pubs we had at different times we had the grapes and then we had the oxen um but now to be able to stay around the ground and around our facility stay together drink together here socialize together but more than anything it's with the families 
like watching the lads grow up and have have kids and wives and seeing all the families down here and in summer's evenings the kids are still still able to play on the pitch out there whilst uh, the parents have one or two <laughs> beverages um with sky sports on in the background it's always a nice feeling so uh so now we've we reaped the rewards from many years ago having that tin shed like jim said um where now we're in a lucky position that with jim and everyone else's help on the bar that the bar's running unbelievably yeah so sam you're you're someone who well grew up in your, your family's kind of very much a part of shelton cricket club as it is um and kind of obviously went away and went to shrewsbury was the kind of upgrading facilities and things like this a major kind of uh, influence in your return uh yeah it's massive um it's uh with my brother playing for the club and with um his two children sort of coming well being able to come around and interact it's quite nice because uh i wouldn't say being at shrewsbury i was sort of <laughs> isolated but it didn't really feel as much as as home as it is here so coming back here it's just it's so nice to to play cricket with everyone who i used to and i say get to play with my brothers uh is is pretty good even if he does tell me but he's the better better brother <laughs> constantly <laughs> uh, so jim it's uh, been a fantastic season for shelton as a club uh, division one champions division three runners up sunday division two champions uh what's next and where's where's the kind of where's the next goal where, where do you see the club going it's a really interesting question to be fair. So last year was unbelievable. I think I'm one of the only players that actually played in all three of those teams last year, albeit the first five. one the first one was there <laughs> when you were doing drinks. Uh, the five over cameo field in the original <laughs> for the first team. But um yeah, for the, the club at the moment it's, a, it's probably a bit of a crossroads really because we've um focused across all three teams and across all levels, including the juniors, it all gets the, the same level of attention and to achieve that success for everybody here in in what really is a family club where you'd have um, you know a dad playing in the first team and his son playing in the third team you, you know is is what this place is all about really the the difficult challenge is is to repeat that which is obviously going to be very very tough and realistically probably something that's not going to happen again in in a short period of time so it's it's the questions are now and, and, the, and the questions being asked where where do we want to go where what do we want to achieve and what have we got to do to achieve that and some of those are, are quite tough questions if you look at the finances required to be successful further up in terms of paying players and how that affects a, a club as a whole it's a, a really tricky question for for some of the people here to, to to talk about and discuss and where we go with that and then it's maintaining the the success lower down again just needs more volunteers more work more support as with all things at the club as the club has grown over the last four years both commercially and on the pitch to maintain that just takes more volunteers more work more commitment more more of everything really and that's um it's, it's, it's a tough place to be it's a great place to be mm. but you know where the club wants to go is is really in the hands of some of the younger lads like Sam and Harry um, and you know, just trying to do stuff in the right way in the right sustained way and, mm. and not replicate mistakes that other clubs have made yeah not try and ch chase dreams at a, yeah. a level that then implement the club across the board maintaining balance and um, the family unity that the, that the club has without upsetting somebody by all of a sudden saying right we're going to pay someone xyz to come and play for us so the main thing is probably yeah. stability, isn't it? I think stability, for, yeah. for the club, the main thing is stability. I think that's what we found the last two years uh, when we were in the League One. We, we went, we dropped down from the Prem, but we had stability, didn't we? We, and it was like regroup, concentrate on ourselves, concentrate on our own players, regroup, and and then let's see where we can go. And now, now we've gone off. I'd say it's you know all three teams. It's staying in them leagues. It's, mm. it's creating a foundation. Um, without probably bringing, trying to bring too many players in, mm. um, because what Shelton Cricket Club for me stands by is bringing all the families through, sticking together, um, obviously bringing fresh faces. Anyone that wants to come to the club, we're more than happy to have anyone and, and welcome anyone with with open arms. But bringing those young lads through is massive. Yeah, because kind of Shelton last this time last season, we were talk of Shropshire really, because it seemed like signings every day. Um, whereas this going into this season obviously with the promotion kind of a completely different outset, outlook it, it seems 
is that something that's, that our trust kind of stick the, the build the team and you're going to believe There's definitely been some internal conversations around wh where we want to go in terms of <coughs> numbers of players coming in because that, that can be disruptive. And then it's also about how you finance that, if you want to finance that, if you want mm -hmm. to go down that road. And currently the decision is that that's not a road that the club wants, mm -hmm. to, wants to go down. But that doesn't mean that there's not other types of players that can be recruited. There's not, there's, there's players across the border that we, we, we look to recruit. Um, but yeah, it's very very different feel to this time last year. I think there's been a, attempts to, to try and bring some people in, which has certainly been the case. But for whatever reasons, that's not really happened at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think there's still some irons in the fire without giving too much away. <laughs> and, and, and probably so <laughs> we can give some yeah he, he keeps asking to come back <laughs> um, we um, we're probably at the moment the focus is probably going to be more around club development yeah. um, so <coughs> we will be more likely to invest in, in coaching so um, from from the juniors here this year we will Jack Chantry will be running the junior sections awesome. coaching here and also be involved a little bit with the first team initially um, still a little bit of work to be done there because of his, his commitments elsewhere um, we had fantastic success last year probably the bit that goes unnoticed really is we had all stars last year for the first time and the number of people that brought to the club was unbelievable and that's something that and it's great credit, it's credit to Harry's brother Sam who was able to do that we've had a, a strong junior section for a while but Dynamo's um, all stars really brought a, mm. a massive increase into that and we'll have dy Dynamo's this year and so our approach is probably more about focusing the growth in that area and working with our mm. younger players. Um, if there is some financial support, that's probably where it'll mm. go. Um, and also, particularly on, on the facility itself. So the, the pitch has probably been criticised, yeah. rightly or wrongly, over, over a number of years. It's something that the club's aware of that we'd like to improve the, the standard of the pitch. Yeah. Um, and again, that takes time and, and yeah. money, but it's something that we're, we're certainly aware of and that's probably the, where, the, where the club's focus is short term mm. improve the facilities work on the facilities work on young players Sammy mm. loves the pitch doesn't he? Sammy loves the slow low I'm absolutely the ball in the pitch so as someone who played across all three teams last season yeah. how, 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 how did you deal as a club kind of uh, with players who may have been for example first team mainstays for quite a while who then found themselves out of the first team and playing for the second team. So, so the great thing there really is I think and the league should take a lot of credit for this in my eyes people will criticise to a point but the restructuring and the restructuring really helped. I think our second team sort of just sneaked into a league a bit higher than we thought they would be at the start of the season but we had a lot of new players join us and so the second team was a lot lot stronger and actually the gap between where the first team was playing and the second team was playing was, was relatively narrow in terms of ability. It wasn't a situation where if you were a batsman dropping out the first team, all of a sudden it was dead easy to go and score 200 in the, in the second team. And also dropping into a second team that was winning and doing well was obviously probably really, really key. Probably one of, and, and the reason for that success is the reason why I probably played a lot of third team cricket. <laughs> and, um, and again, the third team cricket was new and, and, yeah. and to play in that atmosphere again suited a lot of people. So yeah. barring probably the odd, the odd person who you're always going to have um, some upset with when they, when they have to drop down. Actually, the, the lads who did drop down and played across all three teams, the morale was great because they were playing in the right standards. Mm -hmm. And going into next year, I think that our third team needed to be promoted. They, yeah. were, they were probably too strong. So where the third team play next year will be good. Yeah. The second team will be playing in a, in a really tough league. Yeah. And so that should help the first team, but the fact that the second team that's coming up will, will really see the difference. And, and so... It's easy when all three teams are winning. When mm. all three teams aren't winning, that might be a bit of a difficult challenge. So, Harry, something that you mentioned, which uh, well, either your son can answer really, is this idea of community that you brought up. How how important has been like creating that kind of idea of community, and also kind of who are the kind of main <coughs> leaders at the club who have taken on the responsibility of creating that? Uh, yeah, I think that, like Jim mentioned earlier, I think that the bar kind of, it's all gone hand in hand for the club at such good times, uh, if we're being honest, that the, the Shropshire Home Development obviously came along at the same time as, as having the clubhouse um, and everything like that. So that's helped 
the community kind of off field uh we've had a lot of new people into the club via just the bar the social side of the club um i have to give a massive round of applause to, to matt morris first team captain who socially or i think does majority of the organizing um not only for the cricket but also for the social side of the club sorry um matt and his brother-in-law um scotty as we know him as does a lot of work uh in getting the community involved having trying to trying to have as many days nights events to not only fun for the cricket club but also fun for the local community and that's kind of hence which i know we're going to drop on a little bit goes hand in hand with the charity work that we're trying to do along with special days which we're trying to organize for the club fantastic yeah so um that is something that we'll probably go on to a bit later, but uh, we'll move on to kind of cricketing, cricketing uh, point of view. Um, so Division One champions last season, uh, seen as a lot of uh, <laughs> well, you were kind of <laughs> favourites at the start of the season in many people's books. Uh, how how did you think you were going to do going to start last season? Uh, I think we always felt quite sort of confident with um, what we had. Uh, we. With the with sort of me and Simon born up top and sort of Dom, my brother and so sort of everyone else sort of uh, behind just uh, bowling where we can. We always thought we were quite a strong bowling side. We weren't probably a hundred percent sure on the the batting side. Hence probably why we brought in quite a few play, <laughs> players last year. And to be fair, we as a team we sort of managed to get through every every game that we needed to. If we did have a, a bad game. Um, but there's always a good game pretty much straight away after it. Where the, like um, they've said, when you, when you win, and it's not just the first team, when, when you see the second team and third team winning, it's quite easy to sort of get back on track. Um, and I think uh, looking at the league, I think, yeah, we, I feel like we probably were, were the strongest uh, team. I say from 1 to 11, I think we, we all showed, showed up in each different games and just sort of everyone had a role. And it was a, I say it was a, it was a really good season, to be honest. It's uh, one that Shelton will definitely uh, remember. Mm. Mm. So, despite what he's saying there, Harry, how much of a <laughs> how much of an influence was the man on your right in your promotion last season? Oh, massive, massive. Everyone knows Sam's was so well thought of um, throughout Shropshire cricket. His time at Shrewsbury, um, obviously when he's played for Shropshire, I think he's probably been, in my opinion, underused at Shropshire when he did play. Um, so kind of unfortunate at the timing probably for Sam but yeah it was a massive massive um, high for the club you know when, when Sam said that he wanted to come back and play with his friends and family back here it's, it's a massive massive high then we've obviously got other players that came back to the club um, I'm not going to give although Sam was the main definitely the, a key key signing for us I'm not going to give all the credit to Sam because we also had obviously Ben Matthews came back who's a massive batsman for us scores a lot of runs kind of fa foundation within the innings. Um, obviously, Dom coming in helped massively, not only with the bowling, but scoring a few late runs. God knows how. <laughs> Half the time playing some terrible shots, but he, but he managed to get a few. Um, so, yeah, so now we were lucky. We were lucky with uh, the signings we've had. And, and I think we're all realistic that this year is going to be, you know, we haven't made the signings. There's a few that have we, we've let slip that we were kind of going after. Um, it was probably a bit of our, our fault for not chasing them a bit earlier. But I still believe that, you know, we've got the players here. That if, if, if they knuckle down and work hard, that we have got some very, very good cricketers here. That, um, and we, the Shelton lads can't leave it to those key players. And that's a key thing for us. You know, we've got some great lads that will all work hard to, to take us where it takes us this year. Simon Jones was massive. Simon Jones, Simon, yeah, huge. Simon Sorry, I, I forgot Simon. Yeah. Really <laughs> I don't know how we can forget. Being able to watch a few of the games, <coughs> no one wanted to pick me. I was, uh, <laughs> I was able to watch Simon bowl with um, with Sam, and they just complement each other really well, really. Yeah. And, um, particularly at home, the pitch probably suited them both as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, and then if they didn't do it, you then have Dom coming on to bowl or. Jack Morris, Jack, 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 Jack uh, and Roscoe, yeah, Jack taking wickets at crucial times. Yeah, crucial. I think even Ben Chambers took a wicket at one Chummy. wicket. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what about Al Morris's Al Morris. couple of overs that went miles as well? Al, Mo Al Morris is batting, and I think he played 10 games roughly. Yeah. But he was the difference in four of those. So, yeah. you know, he's good. Jack Morris came across from Utah, took a while to settle in, but once he did, he was fantastic knock at Bridgenall. Yeah, brilliant. Um, but more importantly, they, they, they fit socially. Mm. And 
that's the that's the key here really it's yeah. it, it's the social side and you could see that because everybody was enjoying the beers the beer sales were pretty good <laughs> so alan alan morris or as ben matthews likes to call him the best looking man playing only a handful of games last season how important is it going to be to try and get him on the field a few more times than he has been in the Premier this this season yeah massive I think we're, we're very realistic with Al um, when we first met to speak with Al um, he's got a lot of work commitments he's a PE teacher at Audrey so he has a lot of Saturdays where he where we know that he has to play football or coach the football sorry um, he came back as much as he possibly could to play this year I know he's keen he gets on with all the lads did a lot with us socially um, so I know he's keen to, to play as much as he possibly can but at the same time we're realistic that he's not going to be a player that's going to play all, all, every game of the season um, he's he's going to try and play as many as he can and then we'll kind of fit that fit that around as best we can in terms of getting him in and obviously I don't think we'll leave him out but we'll see <laughs> we'll see so yeah going well up until halfway in last season there was a, a surprise surprise leader of the Div 1 in Pontsbury did you ever see kind of uh, well what, what, what would eventually happen to Pontsbury and you kind of take it <laughs> and catch them up? Uh, well, Pontsbury, um, we always thought that we'd be somewhere near catching them. Um, we thought like the games that when we play against them would be key to sort of a push pass. Uh, I think when we played them away, we uh, sort of, um, we, well, yeah, it was a, a comfortable victory. Um, I think a friend of the podcast, uh, Pud, uh, rolled his arm over several for several overs, so um, uh, we sort of um, just tried to basically, when we get on top of teams, try and try and try and put them put them to bed. Um, but I think when we played them at home, I think we might. I think they actually uh, beat us um, in sort of a rain affected game. So they just decided to just keep 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 going. You, they were you, churning, to be fair, weren't they? Yeah. Early on in the year, they were churning. You can and you can't you can't knock them. They were. Playing some good cricket. It wasn't like they were getting lucky wins. No, they were playing good cricket. You couldn't see anyone stopping them really mm. at, the, no. at that halfway stage, could you? No, I say um, uh, from our side of it, I think, but the fact that we're Bellamore um, didn't sort of play in the ones too often. It was a sort of a <laughs> you were about, you were about <laughs> too many. <laughs> it was sort of helpful for for our campaign, but um, it'll be interesting to see sort of where they are next year. I know that it's been been discussed, but we're not sure what they'll be like next year but I mean I think with the spirit they've got there they'll, they'll certainly be competitive again mm. so you spent what was it six years in the in, in the Prem and then you came down uh, for two or three and three, then went two, back up two, uh, went back up for a season in 2016 and then I spent another three years back that must be that may be completely murder <laughs> <laughs> this is about as much as I know <laughs> that's, that's, um, it's about right yeah we spent quite a long time there from by 2008 maybe mm. and then um, we struggled we struggled but we sort of stayed up uh, for, for a lot of it didn't we we yeah we had um sort of i think when myself um we had a couple of overseas over ben sort of harry just as we sort of getting into the, the first team we might we, we sort of held our own um back in the in the old division which was um a bit more um feisty that league probably than than what we were used to but um i think Probably didn't help with some some players are leaving leaving the club. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> any, any names there, Sammy? <laughs> um, and then sort of again with the the club facilities, sucks seem to sort of lose players and then sort of fall down the league. So it's a credit to sort of all the off offside and off off the field and everyone coming together to actually get us back to where where I feel like where where we where we belong. Mm. So we're just if we can get I say get our heads down and sort of play good cricket. I think that's I think we're the Birmingham. Uh, not the Burnley, I think I'm speaking a bit too uh, confidently there. Um, the Prem is where we need to, to be in today. Is, is the Burnley League a realistic kind of if, well, goal that you want to achieve for the club? No one's answering any questions. <laughs> so, so, so Birmingham League's an interesting one. So my, my personal view on this is I, I don't necessarily see the need for clubs to try and push for a league for a reputation of playing in a league. It's basically it's all amateur cricket or it should be amateur cricket I think with the exception of some of the real premier clubs in the county so you like so Shrewsbury, Shift and all these, these guys they need to play at that level because they're likely to produce first class cricketers mm. 
the reality is here we, we're unlikely to produce first class cricketers and actually what's then more important is about your impact of your club on the local community and for the lads who play at your club so, you know t take Ponsby for example they I don't think they wanted to go up last year if they'd won it potentially we don't know that but Ooh, actually, that's um, a brave comment that actually it's not Shelton Cricket Club well you can understand why a club might not want to go up yeah um so f for here for us to go up it would have to be for the right reasons and that not just being um for for pride if mm. that makes sense or, or to, to so we can look good in the pub it's about where this club needs to be at whatever given time it needs to be in and if that needs to be division one then that needs to be division one because mm. it's about the people who play cricket here and the junior cricketers we have here and mm. the people who live in the community and they're involved in the club mm. it's it's not looking to achieve something for the sake of achieving it I, I, I sort of struggle with that I can understand why some of the clubs need to do that but the money they're spending to do that I think it's just unsustainable um, and so yes ideally it'd be lovely to see some women cricket here especially as I continue on my path to retirement and I can sit on the balcony, balcony and have a pint but the reality is it's the, the club will be where it needs to be so um, you pretty much blitzed every team uh, give or take in division one last season and there were times you know when I was getting texts from Don Bradford asking <laughs> me to bring up the fact that he doesn't get involved every week because Sam's bowled everyone out who would you say is the toughest team that you faced last season and who would you make as your picks to join well uh, to go up in from division one this season uh, probably um, Schiffner were, were a good side um, They've sort of invested in their first team as well, which naturally pushes players probably down to the second team. Um, and obviously playing there, I think it's an easy thing. We all think we're better players on better pitches and they get to play on, on probably one of the best pitches in the county for half their game. So that's obviously sort of a, mm. probably advantage for them. Um, so I'd probably say, say them and then... Shrewsbury, when they were full strength, they were a, they were a serious side. To be yeah. fair. When we played them at their place, they, they were... Full strength, they were a real good, good team. And for me, Frankton, I thought Frankton throughout throughout the whole season. Um, you know, Thomas Wilkie's. I know they had they had a lot of batting and bowling. That that it wasn't kind of one-off weeks. They were doing it most weeks, especially second half of the season. I think we were getting a bit nervous at one stage that they were going to catch us and overtake us because they were just producing every week. Mm. Um, so I think Frankton have got a real good good squad there. To be fair, um, I say yeah. I think um, I think Shrewsbury also probably. Remind us that they beat us twice um, <laughs> throughout the season. So um, I say we'll be. I think we'll play them. I think it's probably second or third game this year. So yeah. that will obviously be one. But I'll be keeping them sort of ready, ready for that. So yeah. I, hopefully we can sort of change that and uh, sort of start start writing a new record with it. Yeah, but did you get did you get much uh, grief on the old group WhatsApps or are you still part of it? Um, I may have left uh, pretty quickly uh, <laughs> once the picture of uh, uh, me uh, signing for Shelton <laughs> uh, went up. Um, but yeah, I say I get on with all, all the lads and I say it's a it's a fantastic club, um, and I say it's always always nice to go back and play play against them. I say it's um, some really good good players and sort of great mates. Bad steward though, that's the only thing with that place. <laughs> the bar managers are terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Harry, who do you reckon will be the, who do you reckon be your choice for the team to go up into the Prem next season? From Div 1 this year, um, I think the teams that come down obviously going to be good good, good teams. St George's and Boma are going to be up there. Uh, there's, I'm trying to think now who's in the league, put them in a the spot there. I think like, you, like we were discussing before, Beacon have made a couple of signings. Uh, they got some good players, so I think if they hit the ground running, mm. Pontsbury, like Sammy said, they they'll churn away. And Newtown are another team for me. New, new, you know, they're a great team on on the on a good day. I think if they can just keep running and keep their lads together, mm. then they're going to have a real good chance of getting back up into the prem. Yeah. So Jimmy, you said earlier, kind of like you don't feel like you'll ever see a season like the one that's been before uh, no. again. <laughs> but, um, where? Realistically, where where would you like to see all three teams finish up next season? So certainly, the the first team just securing themselves in that league, mm -hmm. which I think they def definitely can do because I think some of the the players they have already will perform better on some of the pitches in that league. Um, second team again, if they can consolidate in the, in the league they've gone into, I think that'll. Be 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Really important. Real, it's a really tough league where, they, where they've gone. Um, and at the same time, just bringing some of the younger lads through again and, and the development of those, which is, has definitely happened. And anything could happen with the third team. You know, third team cricket... <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see the level of competitiveness and the difference between the league that they were in last year and the league that mm. our third team will be in this year because I think it's a bit more serious. You, are you playing that league? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. That's That's going to be. Be, yeah. We're going to meet some uh, stick uh, players. Uh, 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 might, might, might even get picked. For <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but actually, there was some. So, towards the end of that. The, the season last year, where I saw the third team and some of the games I played when I wasn't injured, is um, it was quite competitive, some of it, but early on it wasn't. Early in the season, it was very dads v lads sort of cricket. Um, so I think it'll help them to be in a bit more of a competitive environment. The, the young lads that we've got are probably ready for that. Mm. And even some of the really old guys that we've got probably would feel better playing in that environment. Mm. So I'm, I'm not sure what will happen that team. They, they've got the propensity to be really good. Um, if Neil Salisbury's playing then they can definitely win that league no two ways about it um, so yeah so, so that they could that, that's the league that I think they could repeat success in for me um, and as for anything else it'll be about yeah, what the young lads do I've always been a big fan of Sunday cricket not only just because it boosts my bat and average <laughs> but also <laughs> because I think it does a great job for kind of like it's a good kind of gap it's a really good bridge for juniors it's and junior stone, cricket yeah. to kind of senior cricket if they're not necessarily you know like a player who's going to just jump straight into you know some kids are ready to at 15 to play in first team cricket mm. you know, and things like this but uh, for those of you who need kind of a bit more of a yeah. how much of a difference has that made this season over the third team it's really important and the other factor that I think causes problems is our evening league sides traditionally play Division 1 and that's ultra competitive cricket it's almost as competitive as any cricket you'll play in it's, to, to be fair it's probably as good as the Premier League at times there's some really good players playing that it's very difficult to bring a 13, 14 year old lad into that setup and ask him to field on the boundary to you know, Craig Heath or whoever it is back especially if it's someone like Neil Ben Chambers bowling so, um, they've, they've, dropped a, they've dropped a league actually our, our, our team they were relegated from that league but that's where the Sunday cricket is really important because if you don't have stepping stones for 14 year old lads or girls to make the step up into adult cricket then where do they do it and that's where you can lose players and that's where you, they can drift off mm. and you need to give them cricket that not just they're turning up to help and make up numbers that they're playing in I think that's what our third team did really well last year because we were able to because we were quite dominant so you could work with young lads and they could bat with good batsmen um, and so yeah the third team's really important for that mm. likewise I think we need to look at where we want to be even league wise cricket because again that's the, the alternative bridge the issue with a lot of clubs I think is <clears throat> to run four teams you need two grounds mm. on a Saturday we don't have that so we have a lot of events here on some Sunday, so we have to fit a third team around some of the some of the events that run here, or the events around the, the, the Sunday mm -hmm. yeah, cricket. So, yeah, it's a really important bridge, like you said, and mm -hmm. a really important stepping stone. Now, yeah, Alderbury, we ran um, we ran two evening league sides, and it was yeah, it was, it was good, but it kind of like got to a point where we were kind of uh, a, bit, a bit strung out at some points. Was yeah. that something that you'd be thinking of doing, maybe running two? Yeah, I think the the key thing from 
for me with, with this area was again is, is I spoke to Jamie Daly in the summer summer funny enough with the well, we were watching the first team of Pontsbury and um, that day Sammy got his award. So Sammy, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie had to bring the award out too. Um, and I was talking to him and we were talking serious about the sort of lone player. And I know they're, they're sort of trialing some of that and yeah. I, I think that's a really good thing. I think it's something they need to explore deeper. But you know, clubs who have got juniors need to be allowed to feed those juniors into to clubs that haven't got enough players mm. or who are being strung out rather than trying to put the whole onus on one club running two evening league sides, for example. Yeah. To get four or five lads a game who aren't getting a game anywhere when there's a club down the road who put a six school for the weekend. Mm. So um, evening league cricket is an interesting one. It, it also drains the resource of the pitch because last summer when it was hot, particularly the summer before when it was really, really hot, it was very difficult to have enough pitches to play your, your first and seconds and, and third teams on and then have an evening league pitch that's of good enough quality and the grounds can struggle with that. So to run an extra evening side would be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main thing for me is the players, like we said, with with the players that have grown up here now getting old and having families, those players that were playing midweek are kind of not able to find the time as much because when you're finishing work at five o'clock and then obviously they've got families at home they can't commit to playing every week. Um, so you're relying a lot on the younger lads to play. And like Jim says, I think the, the club had a tough year last year in the evening league where we were playing a, y- a lot of the younger players, which is what we wanted to do as a club. Um, but it was a, playing a, a really good standard against some really good players. And we don't want to destroy them young players and just chuck them in and kind of let them get battered um, and then knock the confidence out of them. So personally, I don't think it's really... I'd probably think we'd look to more play Sunday cricket more than midweek cricket again. Yeah. Or, or even lower down the leagues and let them start again. And I think there's a yeah. good thing to, to cycle your, your evening league and to sort of come up, drop down, come up, drop down with the level of your players. Uh, yeah, I think that's something that might be interesting. Yeah, so we've spoken quite a bit about the first team and the third team and obviously now the evening league, but a team that we have kind of not mentioned so much and we were kind of hoping that uh, Zeke would be here to <laughs> shed some light on that. Where is Zeke? He had a bit of a fun night, I'm assuming we probably fever or something last Yeah, night. I think it would have been a famous oil bar then into <laughs> fever and uh, still yet to be seen. Uh, but who, who are the kind of like main players in the second team uh, for Shelton? Who are kind of like the, where do you think realistically what's going to happen? So interestingly, there's there's some really good young players who who would sort of probably push that a little bit from the first team. Who were still good players, um, and will I think probably step back in, into the first team. But like for Jay Timmis, Louis Arnold, George Mandis is a good good young lad. Ben Roberts, Ben Roberts, Jamie Whelan. Yeah, good players that kind of that came in and out at times last year, which were a lot more stability. I think this year because of university finishing and things like that. And, and then they're sort of counterbalanced by some really good old players, like. Jim Cabaldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Sam, Sam's dad. Griffin, yeah. 65? Uh, yeah, still, yeah, still going. Still, still trying to make him swing it back. Had a, new, had a new hip <laughs> two years ago. Still fantastic cricketer. Yeah. You know, a bit slower in the field maybe, but still fantastic cricketer. Great cricketing knowledge locally. Um, Rob Peel, who was playing in Shropshire 50s a lot last year, another one, and of course, Captain Paul Davis. So um, between them, they've, they've got this nice balance of young and old. Really nice to see um, young Mark Davis come back and play some games last year after, after being quite ill and having previously been first team captain. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he can be fit and well and maybe get back into the first Push, team. But yeah. if, the, if, if that team plays in whatever league, actually, I think if that team played in Div, Div 1, they would survive. Mm-hmm. So I think it will be interesting to see how they get on in, in Div 2, isn't it? That one next year. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, a good um, league. So I think that, that's a tough league with some good sides in it, but it will be about as is always the case with second teams. If the first team lads are available and playing, and if the second team lads are then available and playing, then you'll have a strong side. If you take a couple away from the first team, a couple out of the second team because they're on holiday, and all of a sudden it's what you can bring in underneath. Um, which actually isn't too bad for us, because we've got some reasonable lads who have played third team. But um, yeah, that's that, that's always the challenge, I think, for, for, for second teams. And what they did last year was probably the biggest surprise, if you'd asked at the start of the season. But by the time we, we saw the players that had come in and where the first team was going, you could see that success building really, um, and they did they did a fantastic job. That was that was equally as good achievement as what the first team did from a club point of view because it just was unexpected and 
they stepped up and supported the first team in a way that I wouldn't say was a surprise to, to us here, but actually was probably fundamental in what the first team have done and where the club goes from here. Mm. Now, another big thing that's kind of been going on at Shelton lately since, obviously, with the pavilion and everything else, has been the Shelton Foundation. Uh, you're talking about uh, all the other things that are going on. Do you want to uh, kind of like let everyone know about what's going on with that? Yep, so we started the Shelton Foundation last year with an idea of um, Matthew Morris's. The um, foundation is um, really designed to support the community involvement that we have here. Um, there's a lot of non-playing supporters use the club now, and it was a, a, a way of trying to make sure that we were putting back into the community in a, in a way that was um, not all about cricket. Um, so we support through the foundation, we support um, Seven Hospice, which was something that the uh, local community voted on as being part of where they wanted to see some funds go. The um, Teenage Cancer Trust, which is quite close to the heart of, um, of some of the people here, as we have um, one of the nurses for the Teenage Cancer Trust is, is heavily involved here. And then the, the third part of that is a, is a sort of local community fund, which we then give to local needs based on, um, you know, what what is deemed to be a good cause at the time. We just recently supported a young lad with a, a wheelchair, so we could have some independence going to, to work, and he's a, a young lad who lives on one of the estates. And that's sort of overseen by a couple of people who are independent of cricket. Mm. So we have a, um, a sort of a, a committee of, of people who, whilst have a link to the cricket club, aren't cricket-focused. Yes. Um, and so last year, in the events that we, we raised, I think you know, it was something like £4,000 in a year for charity, which is... You know, something again that, that the club's really proud of. Um, you know, unbelievable, really. And what what that's done as well is obviously help the locals and their, their support because the locals do do put up with cricket balls in their gardens and yeah. <laughs> car parks, and no one can find where the car park is. So they all drive around the estate and ask people where they are. Um, the the local community is really good. We had the World Cup two years ago, and obviously there was quite a lot of traffic here in terms of numbers of people, and and the support for that was fantastic. With the Euros this year. There might be a few rowdy nights in this, <laughs> yeah. this area. And so that, that support by the, uh, the locals is really good. And they, are, and they are, in general, fantastic. I mean, most of them do seem to like a beer here, which helps. But, um, yeah, it's is, is really key. So the foundation has worked really well. It's a, it's a nice thing. It's something we, we, we just need to, to make a bit more slick, I think. That's the right word. And, and, and one of the things we're probably not best at is, is telling people about it and, and being open about it. So that's really good. And then, of course, this year, then we're going to look to, to do a day for opening up for the mental health. And so, so the question. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that so, coming. <laughs> and, and it's really important. On a, on a couple of levels, we, we have some um, awareness of those sort of issues here anyway. Amongst us, you know, we're not talking about it at this point, but there's, there's, we have people who have suffered under, under mm. these, that, that, that situation. And of course, the, the cricket ground is here because of mental illness. It's a, we're here because of the, what was the Midwells Asylum, Shropshire Midwells Asylum, or Shelton Hospital, or whatever it wants to be known. The ground was built for the doctors who worked there and the patients who, who were there as, as some sort of therapy. The building you're in now used to be part of that hospital. So um, you know, it seems a fitting thing for us to, to, to try and do and try and be involved in. And fantastic idea by, by, by Matt Morris, and it'll be something that we'll, we'll look to really build upon as we go into it through the season and yeah really important to particularly this club I think in terms of I think it's it's for me it's relevant across like we were talking before across all cricket though you know I don't think it should just be limited to to clubs obviously a lot of clubs get affected by the same situations same scenarios at every club so I think the more clubs that can kind of get behind it and run run things like that it's only going to promote opening up and talking to each other and helping each other you know as, as a unity as a cricketing family as it were I hope it's something the whole league does actually to be fair I think yeah. we've already seen Shrewsbury yeah, yeah. you know we, we do a lot of stuff Shrewsbury I mean we, we gave them Sam for example but <laughs> and we punch them back <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but we work well with, with you know with Danny Mann as well plus are good, good friends of, uh, mm. of, of the club anyway and so um, what they've done they've taken that on board I'm sure some of the other clubs like Riemann have probably taken it on board already so you know it's a it's a good thing it's the right thing to do and um, yeah yeah, definitely. But I think it's, it's a really great idea, really fantastic, something that's been really close to my heart and um, 
yeah, we're going to be doing an episode about it in full soon. Um, so that'll be really good to kind of uh, maybe get your guys opinion and we'll do like a little yeah. segment for that when we do that episode and yeah. um yeah we'll definitely be trying to encourage more clubs to kind of get involved um, and fourth of july isn't it we'll try and get every we can get every club oh, yeah. doing something for that day that'd be great um i did actually go to the cricket expo at uh, old trafford and we, uh, mark who's the guy who is part of opening up has given me a load of posters and flyers and stuff so and also some bat stickers so if anyone wants some do let me know, and then he's told me just to send them out, and we can get them up in club rooms, everything, yeah, from all over the Brilliant. place. Brilliant, but um, yeah, it'd be really great to do it. But um, moving, moving aside from the great charity work that you do, and onto the um, players, players themselves, kind of thing. Who are the big talents? Who are the people who you're going to expect in a big season from? Who should we be looking out for? Maybe not such as Sam Griffiths, who uh, I think all first eleven batsmen in Division <laughs> One are very happy as kind of oh, actually second eleven <laughs> in Division One. Sorry, but all Division One batsmen are quite happy. He's uh, moved on, especially one Charlie Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, probably sort of Ben and Harry, um, Keith, Keith Tate um, will be sort of our probably players who are going to play most games and sort of we'll be looking forward to score, scoring as many runs as, as we can. Um, sort of, uh, again, Simon uh, and my brother. I think my brother will have probably a bigger impact this year. Um, so hopefully he can take uh, quite a few wickets, but uh, not as many as me. Um, I'll, I'll try and make sure of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, a, there's a certainly a few, few lads who probably weren't probably as happy with their performance last year. And I think that they'll probably actually have a, a better year uh, coming up. Was there a particular batsman that you um, thought was toughest, uh, well, tougher to bowl against in Division One last season? Or um, uh, there's a good chance to make friends with one batsman. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think. Um, who was it? Who was it that ramped you? Scott Hale. Um, he probably uh, enjoyed it at the battle that I uh, tried to put out. <laughs> <laughs> And I was uh, later taking out the attack. So, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately, I'll, I'll get another chance to, to go home again this year. So hopefully um, I'll, uh, I'll win it this year. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in, in, in the dressing room, who's kind of got like the worst chat then, Harry? That's, that's <laughs> a tough one. <laughs> Harry Jones. Yeah, apart, <laughs> apart from myself, uh, who am I going to have to say on that front? First team this year. I have to maybe look at. Rubik's. He won't like me saying. Nah, it. Rubik's <laughs> chucks a few curveballs in there. He's he's got that name for a reason because <laughs> the lad is a puzzle. To be fair, he's talking to us and none of us know what he's talking about or or anything like that. Uh, Jack Morris comes in with a few little sly comments every now and again. Uh, great lad though. Lots uh, of double them. Uh, to be fair, Dom Dom's probably got the worst chat. The Eagles just he offers a lot to the club, but at the same time his chat and banter is terrible. But I do, I do yeah, love him. That's game, Dom. So we talk, talking to double denim. Who's is uh, who, who has the worst clobber? Jack Morris. Jack Morris, hands down. Hands down. Sorry, these people here. Yeah, we maybe scrub that. One. <laughs> yeah, cut that. that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Di Brown will come. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Jack Morris, hands down, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Jack Morris. Biggest lightweight, who can't handle a pint? Joe Timmis, I'm saying. Joe Timmis, yeah. he's not a lightweight though, that's what he says, is he? <laughs> Joey loves a beer. <laughs> You're making friends tonight, <laughs> you, Joe. <laughs> you know, you get to my age, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Best bloke. Ooh, my, yeah, for me, first team captain, leader of the club, Matthew Morris. Yeah, he's got a lot of time for, for everyone, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. To be fair to Morris, yeah. Heart and soul in the club, to be fair, since he's come back. So, does a lot for the club on and off the field, and probably encourages every lad to drink as many beers on a Saturday <laughs> night as he can, and females. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, on the on the topic of that, who's Mr. or Mrs. Shelton? Who is the person who? Well, we've got a few really. So, Jan Griffiths has been without a doubt still is. Um, I was involved with the with the sort of reorganisation of the club and and the the changes that happened here, but I didn't go to thousand for the meetings that Jan went to, you know, over a 20 year period really. So, you know, she won an award last year and she probably should win many more because we're sat in this room uh, with a great deal of gratitude to Jan really. Um, 
but there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who do a lot of work here. So you know, the chairman Neil Salisbury has not only scored a lot of runs and, and saved us on many times on the pitch. He's he, he's a quiet chairman, but he gets the club, gets understands where things need to be and where they need to go. Steve Griffiths has done a lot of work. We've had a lot of. I'm sure he's had females. He's had males or females. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and, um, Richard Timmis helped from uh, Easy Flow. He helped us a lot in early doors in, t in terms of getting the, the facility, particularly. But yeah, at the moment we have a we have a committee of sort of five or six who work quite quite closely. Probably the thing that people don't realise is when you get a facility like this, and um, it's the amount of work that you need to do to maintain it, as opposed to maintaining the metal shack. So in terms of the costings, the organising the bars, the licence, the delivery of stock, the Organising of opening up and closing up and all that stuff is is, <coughs> is probably what's we spend ninety nine percent of our meetings talking about running the place and one percent of the time on cricket and that probably needs to change a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's th those people and and over a long period of time as well, um, a lot of us are still just about able to remember the old social club. So the club was quite lucky in the way that a lot of clubs are now, where they had a social club where you could just rock up, play cricket, and sit in the social club and get drunk. And chase a five-year-old Sammy Range outside. Jim, be careful, Jim. We used to we used to get drunk. We used to get drunk, and then Sam would fall asleep on the benches with the other with the other kids who were all now 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 playing. Um, he does like to chase a few things. Not, <laughs> I don't. It's too tiring. It's too tiring. I probably have a heart attack. Oh. My calf would go after two minutes. And you could listen to The thing is, it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of true. So, oh. Loads of people have been involved in, in getting the club to where it, where it is now. And there's loads. Of, and the bad thing is, we probably have to do more now to keep going. Mm. So you think you get the facility and you can stop, but you don't even get the facility and then it's more work. So um, if you were to if you were to sum up what makes a person who plays for Shelton Cricket Club and what is in the DNA and what it takes to play for Shelton, what would you say they are? I think the clubs, for anybody really, you know, from what I've seen, we've had loads of different characters come through here from all different types of people really, but... The thing that sums a club up, club up, if I was to sort of reverse it, is, is that it's just a very much family club. I was talking to um, one of the original players last year I used to go to school with, and he was commenting about how after the game you can tell how strong a club is or the position of a club by the number of kids playing sport on the outfield, whether that be football or cricket or whatever. And he was saying, we, just, we have so many kids out there playing, playing and being involved. And, and so if you want to be, being part of a club like that is what's key. You want to be in a family environment, in a in embraced environment where where that's what drives everyone and that's that's the key to, to playing here. Yeah. I think for me on that on that point as well, like certain things we've done we've aimed it specifically, sorry, at families. Um, like I know the scoreboard got a lot of attention last year by having this new fancy super duper scoreboard. Um, it is pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy didn't like it when it, when he got hit from me. Yeah. Um, but again, we the whole the a lot of the main reason behind that I think was because hopefully in the future that can kind of well, we've had it this year, haven't we? Where we, we turn it into a TV or a a film thing for the kids after the cricket. Um, so we're looking at stuff that not only is it for the cricket, how are we going to fund for the families and keep families within Shelton Cricket Club, um, make it enjoyable for not only the cricketers but the wives and partners, kids, granddads, grandmas. Everyone is a package, not just the eleven lads out there in the white, in the whites that are playing. Any games you're looking forward to next season? I think me and you. Well, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> if um, the first team have got some great fixtures and great grounds to go to there in the Premier, haven't they? Yeah. Some wonderful grounds. Uh, yeah, I looked at the fixtures and was like, well, that's a good game. And I go, that's a good game. That's a good goal. Yeah. That's a good game. And it's you sort of keep going. There's not, there's not many games where you're not really looking forward to going there. Um, all the grounds are, are brilliant. Um, and I say, uh, there's, there's a couple for me, like I say, um, Shrewsbury will be one. Um, and then Riemann. Um, it's sort of like um, a friendly sort of rivalry. But yeah, it's one, but we, we, we definitely <laughs> want to win. Um, so yeah, th those are sort of the two games I'll, I'll, I'll be looking out for. Jim? It'll be interesting to see what league Jim's going to put himself in here. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he going to badge himself in? So I'm, I'm 
it's, it's difficult for me because I'm actually much prefer to watch these days. So oh. I'm <laughs> writing himself <laughs> already. I, I, I don't really mind that Shrewsbury game's interesting. Um, just because to watch or partake in the touch him. Yeah, I don't think I'll be playing yeah. that one because even if I was asked, I wouldn't be available. <laughs> um, no, the, 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 they all look like tough games for first. All three teams yeah. will be playing tough games. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure which, which ones I'll be playing in it. If at all, if I can help it. Totally sweaty question. Weddings the 28th of April, uh, August, so yeah, so won't be around that weekend. <laughs> stag do's, got a lot of stag do's for me and Moz this year, I think. Wasn't it Sammy's last year? I heard that was pretty messy. Yeah, it was a Benidorm, I think. Um, I believe that the, the rule of what, what happens in Benidorm stays in Benidorm. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then uh, coming back to play after, as you can certainly feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took you a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So as we come to the end, um, as we do, I think we've been really good podcasting. Um, on a Carol Corner point of view, we are going to be, as the season comes up, we are going to be looking to get around the clubs and try and get around and do more podcasts up until the season. And obviously the live show, uh, which to be honest, by the time this comes out, has probably already been announced. So... If, uh, if you are interested, get on down. We are going to be having a, a four mic setup with uh, crowd interaction, uh, beers, very much. <laughs> um, so get on down, and uh, everyone who turns up gets a free bat sticker because why not? Uh, we are also trying to get down some local cricket companies as well to come and sh- show off their kit. Um, so if you do have any spare pennies before the season, hopefully, uh, if, if any of them decide to turn up, we can uh, we can. Get some, get you some new kit before the season starts as well. Brilliant. Uh, it should be a really good day and a really good social event. Um, and Andy Harrison will be there, so oh. it's going uh, to be all Watch fun out. games. And uh, yeah, and any of you have been ruined by Jamie, you can uh, <laughs> you can meet him and uh, and bring that up. Uh, I've seen um, a certain Bradley Thornton um, <laughs> met him at, uh, at FIFA the other night. <laughs> or somebody who plays for another club who may be on the slide be interested in joining Shelton or what, how, what kind of well, or even someone who just likes the cricket and doesn't want to be a part of it well, how can they get involved with Shelton as a club? I think the main thing is just to say it's always an open door for anyone that wants to come down experience meet, meet the lads um, whether it's playing cricket whether it's socially just to have a beer and watch a bit of cricket we're, we're in a very lucky position where we've got, Sky, we've got a lot of football so we have Sky Sports BT showing all the football um, we're very good I'd say on social media at promoting everything that's going on within the club obviously during the cricket season we'll try and promote as much the cricket side of things as we can as well um, so just follow us on all on all social media fronts really we're on Facebook we're on Instagram we're on Twitter um, we're on everything obviously we've got net starting on the 9th of March uh, from 8 till 10 at Shrewsbury eight till yeah 8 till 10 at Shrewsbury School um, so if anyone wants to come along to that the more faces we see the better um, you know, we love seeing all abilities of cricket from, from young all the way up to old. So, yeah, anyone that wants to come along, just just come and meet us and say hello. And, and I'm sure you'll all fit in with, with all the lads. Cool. Well, I think with all that, all that leaves me to say. So, thank you very much, Jim. No problem. Thanks. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you. And thank you very much, Harry. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, guys. And uh, till next time, all the best. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 